We are back, and we are absolutely pumped for this upcoming weekend of college football. The Blue Bloods are here to preview all the biggest storylines and games of a loaded week six of college football. We only have two segments segments today, but we are kicking it off with pick six, where we preview six of the biggest games of the weekend. And you already know how we're going to end this show. It's your favorite segment, Brandon's Gambling Corner, where Brandon is going to make you guys some money this weekend. Unless it was last weekend, then you probably are upset and not listening. But listen, all our new listeners out there, Brandon's going to make you some money this weekend. Even though it's only two segments, we have a full show today. So let's go ahead, kick this off. Week six, um, you know, has I, I think some of the bigger matchups of the weekend. We got ranked matchups all over the all over the country, man. We, we don't need to waste any time here. We're gonna cover a game first that I, I don't think me nor Brandon nor you guys ever thought would make pick six, but we have an undefeated Sun Belt matchup between a ranked team and a team that Brandon was almost in the top twenty five this week. We have. The Coastal Carolina Chanticleers at visiting Louisiana Lafayette, number 23 team in the country. And Louisiana Lafayette is a seven and a half point favorite. Brandon, I know we're still hoping this game is going to be played, but as of today, they're going to try to get it in early 11 a.m. kickoff before the hurricane affects the area. But what do you think about this game? And are you as shocked as I am that we are really covering a Sunbelt game in week six between two potentially top 25 teams? I'm not. You want to know why? Because I understand the greatness of Louisiana Lafayette. Um, and so that's why I'm here to say the Raging Cajuns are coming to town. I don't really understand why they're playing this game early on Saturday morning um, in Louisiana, because I'm pretty sure the storm is supposed to hit on Friday. So I, I don't know. Maybe they know something I don't know. Uh, I also live here, uh, so may, I don't know. Maybe I should start watching the news or something. There, there, there's also a possibility I read of them moving it to Coastal Carolina, which Look, and I know it's it's something that's happened with the LSU game was yeah, moved. I, I know think. Zach, and I'm okay, not happy. Go ahead, man. Vent v- about it. Vent about it. I will because the day after this show comes out is my birthday. Not to brag, I'm you know I'm tr- I'm getting old. I'm being my mid twenties finally. Um, and you know what? I want to do what any 24-year-old podcast host would want to do on their birthday. And, you know, that that is go watch your favorite football team play live. You know, you have lose season to Missouri. You have season – yeah, lose to Missouri. Uh, you have season tickets for a reason, right? I mean, you bought them. They were – they were uh, it, was, it was for seven games. Then suddenly COVID happens and you think it's going to be no games. Then you get surprised and you're super happy because you get five games at least. And you're like, well – you know, it's only five games, but at least they're all SEC games. And then, then yesterday, your mother-in-law calls your wife and is like, "Hey, did you hear the LSU games getting moved?" And we're like, "No, LSU hasn't said anything to us." And then you realize that your birthday weekend, you're not going to be at, in, in in Tiger Stadium, and you're really sad about it, and you're kind of in denial uh, for the next about day and a half until 
until the next morning and and you see an update from LSU that says the game's officially moved to Missouri. So, yeah, I'm pre- I'm not happy, Zach. It, I understand we're not talking about LSU right now, but I'm I needed to get it off my chest. I needed to talk to somebody about it and I'm I'm glad I at least have a podcast where people kind of have to listen to me. That's true, but you know the bad part is this game uh, was actually moved up a week, Brandon. It was supposed to be next weekend, but Appalachian State had a COVID breakout, so the game between them and Louisiana Lafayette got canceled. So Coastal Carolina had a bye week, and they moved it up to this week. Um, which terrible it. timing! Terrible timing for based on the weather predictions, but Brandon. This is a huge matchup of undefeated teams, but I feel like their past two undefeated seasons have really been different. Uh, the uh, you know Louisiana Lafayette dominated Iowa State kind of in their first game, but the last two games they've really squeaked by. They had an overtime win against Georgia State and a two point last second win over Georgia Southern. While Coastal Carolina has won all three games by double digits, including two wins over Kansas and an Arkansas State team who beat Kansas State, who also beat Oklahoma. And Kansas State, Brandon, is second in the Big 12 right now. So Coastal Carolina, dominant, losing Lafayette, squeaking by, um, you know, but Brandon, I know you probably know this kid's name. I don't know if an average, you know, listener might, but listen. If you're going to watch this game, the storyline to watch is Grayson McCall. He has been a superstar this year for the for the Chanticleers. I say superstar lightly because the superstar at the Sun Belt and a superstar that we're going to get to later might be a little bit different for you guys. But he's thrown for over 700 yards. He has nine passing touchdowns, only one interception, plus two rushing touchdowns. And Brandon, he's graded out over 90%. Uh, by pro football focus and 20 plus yards down the field passing outside the numbers. He's five for nine, 170 and two touchdowns. And this is for a true freshman. Yeah. No, I mean, just, he, he, he definitely looks really good. I mean, you know, when I was analyzing this game at first, I realized, uh, um, I realized that he and Levi Lewis, which is UL's quarterback, they, they had similar uh, passing yard statistics then you realize that Levi Lewis has 10 more completions and nearly 30 more attempts, you know, and, and he's outshined in the, in the touchdown category, obviously by five scores. Uh, and Levi Lewis has more interceptions. So I'm not going to say these quarterbacks are similar. They're not. Levi Lewis can get it done with his legs though. Un, unlike McCall. Um, but yeah, McCall, I mean, is obviously the star to look out for in this game. Yeah, this Coastal Carolina team is going to go as far as McCall takes them, I mean, really and truly. And that could absolutely be to a Sunbelt Championship. They've looked very impressive. For a true freshman, he's shown outstanding leadership of the team, playmaking ability, and he just makes plays all over the field. But Brandon's a big fan of the Raging Cajuns, but let's not let this 3-0 record fool anybody. This Louisiana Lafayette team could very well be 1-2 and if, like, one play went the other way. Well, they could honestly be 0-3 if, if second half momentum didn't lead them over Iowa State, I mean, watching that game even into like the fourth quarter, I mean, they they were they were losing, and so that you know the fourth quarter they turned things around. But man, I don't know. I, this team is scary because when they get on a roll, they really do get on a roll, and, and it might not show up in in the uh, in the stats books on the stat sheet. Zach, I know you're a big stats guy. Who cares about that? But I, I mean, this team 
honestly, if you watch them, that's the way that you get to understand them. You can't, you can't understand them from a stat sheet. They look a lot better in real life than on paper. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, Levi Lewis, he makes a lot of plays, but Brandon, really his mistakes are what has, are what have cost his team this year. You said he had four touchdowns, but he already has three interceptions. And as much as his legs are a factor, he, he's been sacked five times against pretty weak defensive fronts. Right. And Elijah Mitchell, he's really been a problem for defenses, but why doesn't he get any more touches? Listen, he's averaging 8.8 yards a carry and two touchdowns, but he only has 24 carries on the season. Right. Why is he not getting the ball more? Listen, no disrespect to Trey Regis, but he this kid's got to be R, um, RB1, and the linebackers, Brandon, are going to be huge this weekend. You have Lorenzo uh, McCaskill and Farad Gardner. They've combined for over 60 tackles and three sacks for the Raging Cajuns, and if they're going to stop Grayson McCall in this offense, McCaskill and Gardner are going to have to have huge games for the Raging Cajuns. I absolutely agree, and, and I think that it's going to be another one of those, you know, those things where momentum's going to swing. I, I mean, I, I think if I had to give you a, a prediction right now, yeah, I'd say that they're down at halftime. They might even be down by a score or two at halftime, and then they bring it back, and, and it, it ends up being a close game at the end. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, it's that time. I think the Raging Cajuns look finally is going to run out. I think Grayson McCall. The Grayson McCall show continues in week six with another huge game. And the Chanticleers finally break into the top 25 after this win. I have Coastal Carolina pulling the upset 38 to 28 over the Raging Cajuns. Yeah, I think you're absolutely wrong there, Zach. I, I think that somehow UL has played a tougher schedule than, than, than Coastal Carolina, which is insane to say, but I mean, Looking at it, you see that you see that the toughest opponent for Coastal Carolina so far has been Arkansas State, and other than that, they played Kansas and Campbell. So I, I think I think the Raging Cajuns pull this one out late. Uh, I'll go with I'll go with twenty thirty one twenty eight. Boo. Um. Anyway, I can't believe we're covering this game second in our lineup. But it's happening. We have the number 22 Texas Longhorns taking on the Oklahoma Sooners in the Cotton Bowl in the Red River Showdown. Somehow in this world, Oklahoma is a two and a half point favorite. Brandon, this is the first time in a while that this Red River Showdown has been pretty much meaningless due to struggles uh, for these two powerhouse programs. Your take on this game and what do you expect to see? Um. I expect to see pretty bad football, honestly, Zach. I don't think this is going to be a very good game, and I really could not tell you how in the world Oklahoma is the favorite in this game. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You know what I actually think it is, and I've said this before. I'll go ahead and mention it again. Uh, the lines are not determined by a bookmaker once they're this far along. Maybe last weekend when they were first released, they were made by a bookmaker. Uh, but now this is this is gambler. This is gambler brain on this game this is gambler brain going oh oklahoma is better than texas for sure uh and so people are betting on oklahoma i don't get it um i don't think either one of these teams is very good though zach are they i mean they're both putting up really really high numbers on offense and they're both giving up over 300 yards a game on defense and that's that's after playing uh schedules that i mean just 
what what would you call these schedules, Zach? Uh, lackluster at best. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I I gotta I gotta agree with you there. Oklahoma's one and two, winless in the Big Twelve for the first time since like the late nineties, eighties. Uh, the Kansas State loss, Brandon, probably a low point of this program. I mean, that was the week after Kansas State lost to Arkansas State, and. Or Texas. Iowa State, who lost to Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, the team we there covered you go. the first game. This that's should be the first tough. game we covered, honestly. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, based on, <laughs> based on you know that, I, I guess you're right. But I mean, Texas, Brandon, a struggle win over Texas Tech. You could say they were down by double digits late in that game. Um, but that luck finally ran out uh, against TCU, and Sam Ellinger keeps. Everyone, I guess, you know, in the seats there, but someone on this team has to help them, right? I mean, as I, as crazy as this sounds, Brian, I know you have you have a lot of disdain for Sam Ellinger, but he's probably been the best player on this Texas team, which is the whole problem. Yeah, that that, that, that would make a lot of sense to me. I, I mean, I guess I guess Keontae Ingram's doing a little bit, but I don't Not know much. He, and then fumbling at the goal line. Yeah, he does. Last he does week. that. He does that really well. No touchdowns this season, so that's that's great. Um, other than that, he's nothing. He he's real committed to his goal. As much as Trevor Lawrence is not trying to throw an interception, yeah, that, now, <laughs> he's trying not to get a touchdown. Now here's Brandon's fun fact of the week. Uh, both of these quarters on the year have 69 completions, so that's that's really nice. There you go. And speaking of that, the only storyline that really matters this week, Brandon. Let's be honest, is which quarterback is going to make the plays and which is going to make the mistake to cost our team the game. That, that's yeah. what this game is going to come down to. I mean, Ellinger's having the best statistical season of his career, but last week he was inefficient and made too many mistakes. But, Brandon, he's thrown for over 920 passing yards, 14 touchdowns and only two interceptions. But I need to see Ellinger take complete command of this game, makes no mistakes, and gets the ball into his playmaker's hands. Um, and I want to see his legs be more of a factor, right? And I'm, especially in the red zone, I mean, of the past few seasons, Texas has been most successful with that little read option QB draw. I mean, Ellinger is a big kid. Why haven't we seen him get the ball in the end zone with his legs when someone like Keontae Ingram might be struggling in that area? Probably because they don't they don't want to see this kid get hurt. I mean, he's he is this offense. So if he goes down, then then what? I mean, they they go they go two and eight. Yeah, maybe I, I don't know. But on the other side, uh, Spencer Rattler for me played his best game last week, and I know it was a loss, but we talked about it on the podcast. I thought he played fine. Um, the defense collapsed down the stretch and Radler did have a costly interception where he just completely didn't look off the safety and the safety just bit on the pass. Uh, but he has over 970 yards passing 10 touchdowns and four interceptions, but Brandon, he has to play a, a clean game. This could get ugly if he constantly turns the ball over and gives this explosive Texas offense more and more, I guess, chances to get the ball into the end zone. He has to be accurate, efficient, push the ball downfield. But, Brandon, my biggest question for Rattler is, is is, is the moment going to be too big for him? Um, yes, there's only going to be about 25 to 30% capacity from what I'm reading, but I feel like that environment is still going to be filled with pressure to live up to everything. Could you imagine being the quarterback of this Oklahoma team where they've had a streak of playoff appearances, a streak of Big 12 championships, and they're and they're trying to avoid a one in three 
and zero and three start in their in in their conference. He's still a freshman. He's still. I I think I understand. No, he's he a is. sophomore. He's a sophomore. He's, he's a, a redshirt freshman, isn't he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. He might, okay. A redshirt, but that's technically a sophomore. He's not a true freshman. No, that is a redshirt he freshman. He has some experience. I don't know about experience. He played what? I mean, he, he played in fewer than four games last season. I yeah, don't I think know he played. I think he is. played in. I think he played in exactly four. Okay, so he kept his redshirt. So he's a freshman. Um, oh God! Still. He's he's had four interceptions, but don't let that don't let that take your attention away. I mean, this kid has passed for nearly at one thousand yards through three games this season. It's outstanding. It is outstanding, and ten touchdowns is also outstanding. You know, we've been praising Sam Ellinger so much, other than this past weekend, where I still think he performed pretty well, and he has more passing yards than Sam Ellinger, and and he has four fewer touchdowns. He does have two. He does have double the interceptions, I guess. But I mean, he still has more passing yards than Sam Ellinger even does. I mean, this kid's—he's yeah. he, going—he's going to fit into this role eventually. He's just got to kind of find more of a rhythm, I guess. And and, and you know, losing losing a player like C.D. Lamb—I mean, he still has targets, but man, that that just that kind of loss hurts the team. I mean, he, his targets haven't really been playing that well, though. Um, Charles, Charleston Rambo was supposed to be the next, um, CD lamb. I don't feel like he's lived up to that at all. No, and I, I mean, Austin Stogner's is leading receiver right now with 174, 174 receiving yards. So, I mean, there's really not been like a breakout receiver. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could spread out those stats across five and a half other receivers. And I mean, that, that makes up his entire passing yardage. So I mean, if this is if if this kid has the most, then I mean he's really spreading around. He's really doing almost all that he can. Yeah, I don't think it all falls on him at all. I think this team, I think the defense is the biggest thing. I think the loss of Kenneth Murray, Ronnie Perkins, and some other players really, really hurt this Oklahoma team. You know what's I, crazy I like- is what's crazy is that they're still performing better than this Texas defense. That's uh, hey. Uh, I'll give you that, but I mean to be fair, I think the level of offenses that Texas has played are better than what Oklahoma's faced. Yeah, that's true. Because when you face Texas Tech, you might as well just inflate your defensive stats. Because Texas Tech is scoring fifty on everybody, but their defense is giving up sixty. Right. That that's the problem. But Brandon, the underlying storyline of this game too is which defense can make enough plays to win this game. I mean, both these offenses are going to put up points, but whichever defense can make one, two stops down the stretch are going to win the game. And you've already covered it. They're both letting up over 300 yards per game. They're both letting up over 25 points per game. And so can Wadir Washington, Brendan uh, Radley Hiles, uh, Delar and Turner yell, they're going to face their biggest challenge of the season, this Texas offense. I mean, can they force Ellinger into uh, interceptions? Can they stop explosive plays? That's what Ellinger thrives on. Jo- Joshua Moore is an explosive downfield wide receiver with four receiving touchdowns already. And on the flip side, Will the Texas defense be able to pressure Rattler and force him into mistakes? Because once you let um, Rattler get comfortable in the pocket, I think he's going to be a real problem for this Texas defense to stop. Right. Absolutely agree. I don't know, man. This game's real hard to predict. I, I guess I'm taking the lead here on predictions to give Brandon a break, but I'll, I'll give him the harder games later. But for me, this game was hard to predict. But 
I'm going to go with the more experienced quarterback, the better running game with Keontae Ingram. That's going to win this game. I'm going with Texas, Brandon. I'm going 45-38 Longhorns take the Red River showdown. That is absolutely insane to call Keontae Ingram the better running back. I'll say that. Uh, he has few, he has fewer yards and no touchdowns compared to Seth McGowan's more yards and I mean, two touchdowns. I mean, that's infinity times as many touchdowns as Keontae Ingram has. Uh, <laughs> I think that'd be just two times more, right? No, he has no he has okay. no touchdowns. Fair enough. Fair enough. Infinity Fair times. Enough. Um, ah, Zach, I don't I don't want to pick Texas. I, I really don't because it's my birthday week. I only want good. I only want good things for myself. This is a rivalry game, so all logic goes out the window. I'm going with Oklahoma. I got to go with the Sooners. Um, they got to turn something around at some point. Like I said, it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. It doesn't matter if all signs are pointing to Texas in this one. Uh, I'm going Oklahoma. They have to win this. You see, I tricked you again. I'm two and zero right now for this weekend for sure. You know, going with hard over here with the lot with the Lafayette Raging Cajuns and with your Lafayette. Your, um, Stupid. Uh, it, it's not. Uh, we're not going with that. Um, <laughs> but the third game of the weekend, another ranked matchup here in the SEC. We have the number four Florida Gators traveling to Kyle Field in College Station, Texas, to take on the Texas A&M Aggies. Florida is only a six and a half point favorite, um, and I think this game is going to answer two huge SEC questions, Brandon. I mean, is Florida's defense going to show up at any time? And are they going to cost this team that their shot at the SEC title? And is Jimbo Fisher finally going to decide he wants to compete with the SEC's elite? Or is Texas A&M just doomed to be mediocre for the rest of the time? Uh, I'm going to go with yes for the for the for most of those questions because I mean, the, first of all, there's no 12th man. That's just out of the equation altogether right now. I don't care if they're playing Kyle Field; they could be playing on Mars. It just would not matter in this game. And and and, and to follow that up. Florida is just infinity times better than Texas A&M at football. So, I Yeah, I mean, listen, if you weren't going to check this game out, then I am begging you just to watch this game just to see Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask because that's why Florida is so much better at A&M, and that's why Brandon's saying the same thing here. I mean, Trask right now, Brandon, I don't know how he's not. I mean, he's he's got to be top three in Heisman voting right now in terms of just – hype and what he's done i mean he's taking his game to the next level over almost 700 yards passing 10 touchdowns and only one interception and he's been confident accurate and poised for the entire season and listen i'm going to say this Brandon. i know you're going to push back because you always got to be the negative guy on the podcast but kyle pitts has been by far the best wide receiver tight end in the country and if the Heisman is really given to the most valuable player to their team and just the best player right now, I think Kyle Pitts should be in the running for the Heisman. I'm not even, even going as- to be. I'm not even going to be negative about this. You're just. I mean, I get it. You're right. If that's what it's given to, but it's never given to the most valuable player on on a certain team, Zach. It's always given to the most popular player in the country, who who everyone wants to watch play. We should want to watch Kyle Pitts play. Have you seen what he's doing? Yeah, but he's a tight end. So is it is it fun to watch? I mean, I think it's fun to watch, but is it fun to watch for for everyone at home who's who's just wanting to sit down and, and watch high scoring games? Is it is it fun to watch them? Is it fun for that guy, that casual fan, to watch a tight end play football? It should be. I know it should be, Zach. But is it? Is I mean, you're not answering the question. 
Yes, because he has 12 catches and six are for touchdowns. I mean, scoring sure. 50% of the time he touches the ball. Right. Okay. And he's averaging 21 yards per catch for a tight end. Uh, that's pretty good, I guess. That's that's really good. And, you know, he's really the only true receiving threat for the Gators, really, Brandon. And so he's seen double coverage. I mean, how many times did, did you watch him catch over two, three Ole Miss defenders in his first game? Uh, I mean, a couple. A couple? Same with South Carolina? You're like, there's no way he's going to, you know, outdo his four touchdown performance. He's like, he still has two touchdowns. It's like you knew it was coming. <laughs> How could you and, forget? Yeah, I mean, this duo is going to terrorize defenses, Brandon. We saw A&M struggle with Alabama's passing attack. And, yes, they struggle with the speed. But Kyle Pitts brings a whole different style, you know, uh, just a matchup nightmare for this A&M defense. So, I don't see how they're going to stop it. And Brandon, Kellen Mond did show some bright spots last week, but he struggled to move the ball down the field. And Brandon, he he's not having any production with his legs. He has 15 rushing attempts for 37 yards. Right. And yes, he's going to have a favorable matchup this weekend because the Skaters' defense isn't great right now. But if he can't push the ball deep, I think the Skaters' defense is talented enough to stop underneath routes and, you know, knowing where the ball is going, they're going to pick a bunch of passes off. I think this Gators secondary is talented because I think they got some playmakers who can capitalize on poor decisions by mind. And Brandon, the thing for me is, uh, can anyone find a run game to help either one of these quarterbacks? Both of these teams have struggled running the ball. Right. I mean, absolutely. Uh, Isaiah Spiller and Anaya Smith, I mean, they're both averaging five yards per carry, Brandon, but neither have 20 carries on the year. Which is nuts. Absolutely. Just ridiculous. And so Fisher, Jimbo Fisher in this offense has to take pressure off of Kellen Mond, so watch for that this weekend. And then Damian Pierce and Malik Davis are in the same boat, both averaging over five yards per carry. Neither of them hit 20 carries either, Brandon. It's like, what are we doing here? And then the X factor for me, Kadarius Toney, He's the only difference in the run games because AM does not have a playmaker like him. Tony's averaging 12 yards per touch in 2020. That's so wild. And he's just a monster. Pierce is the RB1, but look for Kadarius Tony to have a big game. Look for Kyle Pitts to have a big game because I think he could have a big game if he was in the NFL right now. That's how good that kid is. Um, but, Brandon, right I just. This Florida defense, man, that is the one thing I'm looking for. We both picked Florida to win the SEC East, but they're not going to with that defense if it doesn't start clicking. Yeah. Ah, uh, man, this this pick, not as hard for me. Uh, but I think the Gators have too much talent for the Aggies, Brandon. I, I'm looking for Pitts and Trash to be too much. Mon ha- Kellen Mon has not shown me he can win big games like this. He always chokes down the stretch. Trask has won big games. Look at the Rose Bowl. Look down the stretch where he was competing with LSU. I mean, this kid can do it. He beat Auburn in like his second start ever last year. Um, I have Florida 31-23 over the Aggies this weekend, Brandon. I'm going to go with Florida as well. I, I just think there's a much better team here. I mean, we saw Texas A&M come out and score more than I thought they would against Alabama personally. Um, but still, I mean, that defense just got blown out of freaking water. Um, and so I'm going with Florida in this one. I'm going to go 35 to 21. Mm, I like it. I like that pick. 
But guys, here we go back to the ACC. We have two ACC matchups we got to cover for pick six. We got one more SEC coming, so hang tight there. But first, we're going to cover number 19, Virginia Tech, traveling to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, to take on the North Carolina Tar Heels. And North Carolina is a three and a half point favorite. Brandon, what do you see happening in this game? Because I think this game is going to be a barn burner, close game. And it's going to be one that everyone should tune in to see. Right now, ESPN has has uh, Virginia Tech winning. I don't know how. They have them 52.3% on the matchup predictor. That's according to their power football or football power index. I don't really know how that's calculated. I don't even – I still don't understand QBR or anything. But I don't know, man. This is going to be a tough one because I, I have been on the record so much by saying that Virginia Tech is not a good football team. I think I had them like in my bottom – quarter of of the ACC um, or like bottom three quarters or whatever it is. I I had them pretty low. Um, Now they're ranked. They're undefeated. I I mean, granted, they've beaten NC State and Duke. So, but, but this is without their starting quarterback, Hendon Hooker, and they've been missing like nine starters. Is Hendon Hooker playing this weekend? They said he's available, but it hasn't been announced if he's starting, but I'm assuming he is if he's available. I mean, you would hope so because Braxton Bur- uh, Burmeister is less than 50% completion rate this year. One touchdown to one interception. I mean, he's got the Jameis Winston um, ratio going on right now. He, uh, 269 yards. I guess Sam Howell also has the Jameis Winston ratio going on. I mentioned that last episode. So this is just the battle of really good quarterbacks in this one. Zach loves Sam Howell. I can't, I can't understand it for the life of me. Oh, God. I mean – Listen, we've been hyping up the ACC all offseason, and this weekend finally delivers some just outstanding ACC football. I mean, this game's going to have ACC championship implications, could have national championship implications. Virginia Tech's been rolling without a lot of starters. They, they have, you know, the fact that they are winning without all their players just shows how deep this team is. While UNC is coming off a struggle win over Boston College, but we're get, we're going to find out now if this team's a contender or a pretender. And all offseason, Brandon, all everyone talked about was UNC's offense, the GOAT, Sam Howell. But the true MVP of this team has been this defense, really and truly. I mean, they're allowing, yes, less than 280 yards per game, Brandon, and less than 55 rushing yards per game. Which is crazy. The, the rushing yards thing is insane. Yeah, that's incredible, regardless of who you play. And this team does play a little bit of bend but don't break defense. But as long as you keep the points off the board, Brandon, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you give up 500 yards a game. Right. As long as you outscore someone, that is fine. Chaz Surratt, the most talented player on this defense by far. I think he's probably one of the better linebackers in the country. He's already at 17 total tackles, three sacks as a linebacker, and a pass breakup. He was a former quarterback, Brandon, turned linebacker. That's an outrageous position change. Um, and I, you know, I want to cover the Fox brothers. I really like them. I think they're a dominant duo on this defense. We have Taman Fox, a linebacker. He has nine tackles and two sacks. And Tamari Fox is a defensive end with seven tackles and two sacks. I mean, between the three players I just covered, we're talking about seven sacks. That's shows how this UNCT could get to the quarterback. And I think this defense is going to come to play. And the reason I like this matchup, Brandon, I'm so excited for it. You have this team that's limiting people to under 55 yards rushing a game. 
they're going against this Virginia Tech team who's averaging over 300 yards rushing a game. Yeah. Uh, man. And that's tough. That's 300 yards rushing. I mean, Brandon, Kansas transfer Khalil Herbert has it might be the best might be one of the best running backs in the country right now Brandon he's averaging 12 yards per carry and it has over 300 yards rushing and three touchdowns I mean it's absolutely insane like he that doesn't make sense right, this is he, is he the best running back we've talked about on this podcast I know we've talked about others but we haven't even touched on Zach's maybe goat running back yet we'll talk we'll talk about him later but this, I mean, this kid honestly might be the best running back we've covered this year. Yeah, I think I think so. As up to this, he's outperforming. Every, I mean, Chuba Hubbard. I still have a good place in my heart for Chuba Hubbard, but he has not been playing well. And outside of one running, I mean, uh, but it's hard to say because on the other side of the ball, Brandon, you have Michael Carter and Javante Williams who are both doing their thing. I mean, Michael Carter is averaging 8.7 yards per carry and Javante Williams has four touchdowns. Right. So this rushing, the rushing attacks in this game are going to be outstanding, but I would say Herbert right now is a top three running back in the country based on his performances. And then you have Rasheem Blackshear, who's the backup running back and offers another explosive option. So you have two dynamic Offense is going up against each other this weekend. But, you know, Brandon, speaking of one dynamic offense, is USC's offense finally going to live up to their lofty preseason expectations? Uh, That's got to be the biggest question of this game. I mean, this offensive line has been terrible, Brandon, in pass protection. It's a huge problem. A huge problem because Sam Sam Howell under pressure, Brandon, has 30% completion percentage and only 58 yards. That's crazy. And uh, I, I need to put a missing person support out. I, I, the Blue Bloods fam is strong. I need y'all to let me know where in the hell is Daz Newsom? Did he disappear? Is he okay? Did he opt out? He's he gone. A, no one cares. He, he was a thousand yard receiver last season, Brandon, but he has three catches for 31 yards this year. That's why. I mean, wow. And 18 of them came on one play. So the dude's not looking very good right now. I mean, he's going to have to make plays, or UNC's not going to make it out of this game with a win. They need all hands on deck here. Um, this offense is going to have to show up, Brandon. I think Virginia Tech could run away with this game. Yeah. No, really I, I, truly, it, well, yeah, maybe. If, if Yeah, given what you just said, yes. <laughs> it was like, not in my notes, but I guess if we're going, <laughs> going like this – um. But, you know, I, I, this game's extremely hard to pick, too, Brandon. I was really torn on this game. I'm a huge UNC supporter over here, apparently. But I had a real tough time, you know, deciding whether I'm going to go with my heart with UNC or my head with Virginia Tech. Um, I, I think this game should be a push, a pick em game. I, I really do. If I was setting the line, I would say make it a pick em. But... I have faith in Sam Howell over Hendon Hooker. I think UNC has the deeper, more talented defense compared to Virginia Tech, which is going to help them win a close game this weekend, Brandon. I have North Carolina taking the 35-34 to win over Virginia Tech. Okay. Um, this game's so tough, Zach, because I – oh, man, I, I, I don't know. Because I, I want to pick North Carolina. I really, really do. And I hate Virginia so much, but they've, 
if they can get this rushing game going, they're going to win this game. Um, that said, I just don't think that they're going to be able to do that. I, I think that North Carolina's rush defense is just too good. I understand Boston College and Syracuse aren't the two top rushing teams in the nation by any means, but I, I still think North Carolina's defense can get this uh, can get can get the ball rolling in this victory for North Carolina. So I'm going to go with North Carolina in this game. Um, man, you had a you had a really good score. I like that a lot because I don't think North Carolina covers either. Uh, I'll go with North Carolina. 38, uh, Virginia Tech, 35. Mm. I I mean, it's going to be a high-scoring sc- high game. <laughs> I, I like it. But, guys, we're going to move back to the SEC real quick. We got the number 14 Tennessee Volunteers traveling to number three Georgia. And Georgia is a 12-and-a-half point favorite over the Volunteers. Brandon, is there an upset brewing in Athens, or are the Bulldogs going to roll over Tennessee just like a lot of experts think they will? That depends. It depends on on the Georgia team that we see. Are we going to see Georgia? Uh, we're going to see Georgia playing against Arkansas this weekend, or we're going to see Georgia playing against Auburn? Because I mean, that makes just a world of difference. I understand. You know, I've said it several times so far. Uh, Georgia ended up blowing Arkansas out of the water in in their first week of play this year. But that doesn't really mean anything. I mean, if you watch a second of that game, you realize that Georgia didn't play very well. Um, last week against Auburn, they played very well. You know, they looked really good. Um, and Tennessee is just Tennessee. I mean, they they played a close game against South Carolina. That's just kind of a Tennessee thing to do. And then they blew Missouri out of the water. Missouri is not a good football team. And I'll probably back those words up if they beat LSU this weekend. And I'll call them maybe the best – Maybe the best football team. Um, I don't know. So I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of experts have it. I think it's closer than a 12.5 point spread for sure. I think it's, I think it's a touchdown game, honestly. Uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know why. It's just something in my gut telling me that. Because this defense isn't good. This Tennessee defense, very bad. Very bad at what they do. Maybe should reconsider what sport they play. Uh, but this offense, I mean, they're looking decent, right? I mean, 408 yards a game is what they're averaging. Uh, through two, I guess they're against South Carolina and Missouri. I would actually like to go ahead and back out of my statement saying it's going to be a touchdown game. I don't think I don't think it will be. <laughs> I, I, under, I understand I'm on the record right now. Um, please strike the first thing I said from the record because as I as I talk myself deeper and deeper into this hole, I realize that I sounded ridiculous. Uh, maybe like my my hosting privileges should be revoked. Um, I hope it's a touchdown game. That'll be fun to watch, but. I don't know. I think I honestly think that all of that depends on what Georgia team we get this weekend. Yeah, I mean, this is the first matchup that's going to begin to clear up, clear up the SEC title picture. Uh, Tennessee, Brandon, riding an eight-game win streak dating back to last season, and Georgia's coming off the best win of the season so far, in which they dominated, massacred. Uh, I don't know what other insane word you want to put in there. You know, whatever you want to insert there over the Auburn Tigers. Um, the QB battle is going to be an interesting one, Brandon, because you have Jared uh, Garantano, who has who seems like he's been in Tennessee for 15 years to me. At right. Least. Yeah. I feel like this dude's 47 right now. And then you have Stetson Bennett, who looks like he's 47, but he's only going into his second start ever. And his second start ever is against another top 15 team which is what a, what a way to start your can SEC I, career. Can I say that and, he's a boring quarterback? I get he might be good, but he's really boring. Can I say that? He's just a game manager. He's like Kirk Cousins. 
so he's boring is what you're saying yeah he's definitely boring i'll give you that he just does what he has to do he doesn't have to do anything impressive he just get the ball to the playmakers hand it off to zamir white um and then get out of the way that's it okay is anyone out there that can sign me up for a job like that i'll i will gladly do that (laughs) sounds like fun yeah, I'm for that. But listen, Garantano has been very consistent this uh, thus far. I mean, he ranks Brandon as the 13th best quarterback right now. Wait, I'm um, in, in just terms of passer efficiency, uh, you know, but he hasn't put on his best performances in the biggest of games. And I think this it will all be forgiven if he wins this one from the Tennessee fans. Oh, any. Yeah, any any gripe Garantano, you know, might have faced from Tennessee fans will all just disappear if he wins this game. It'll, just, um, it'll, it'll fade away. They might build him a statue. He might be more famous than Peyton Manning if he pulls this one out. But they'll rename <laughs> Peyton Manning Drive. They'll 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 change the speed limit to whatever jersey number he wears. No one really knows. Gar- uh, he wears number two. So we'll go, two we'll miles go an with hour. that. Yeah, there you go. I'd be pissed. I would be pissed. Yeah, um, I'd be pissed if I lived in Knoxville. So just go ahead and pile it back on. Easy, easy now. Uh, <laughs> you don't piss anyone off from Knoxville. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Stetson, he played out of his mind last week. You said he was boring, Brandon, but for his first start ever against a top 10 team, just dominated i mean zero turnovers he consistently made plays when the offense needed to move the ball down the field when he was pressured he moved out of the pocket avoided it and still found a way to make plays outside the pocket stinson you know he's built he seems like he's built for this moment brandon he never seems to be overwhelmed he never seems to get too excited he just seems to be even keel looks like he clinched his quarterback one spot over some very talented quarterbacks i mean brandon you like we've talked about jt daniels possibly being in hosman contention if he would have got the starting job and stinson beat him out for this job and has and he doesn't like he's going to give it back right uh, i mean uh, if he's truly outplaying him then good. We might see another transfer um, <laughs> out of JT Daniels. But JT Daniels, um, Auburn needs a quarterback real bad. I'll pay you. The, the NCAA doesn't listen to this podcast. I got you. <laughs> they might. Oh, I'll be know. upset. We've talked a lot yeah. of crap. We have. We, we got to back a few things. Yeah, we got we got to go back through our catalog and edit some stuff. But listen, the matchup to watch for me, Brandon, is Tennessee's offensive line versus UGA's front seven. Um, Todd Chandler, Eric Gray, Jabari Small—they form one of the most more deadly deep rushing attacks in the SEC. I mean, they're all averaging five yards per carry and have combined for three touchdowns. And this offensive line last week was one of the highest graded in the country, led by Trey Smith, Winaya Morris, and Cade Mays. By the way, revenge game for Cade Mays. Kirby Smart even took a shot of, shot at him during the press conference um, after his transfer. And all these guys are dominant run blockers, can take over a game. I mean, just go watch the film of the Missouri-Tennessee uh, game. These guys were just pank. That Missouri is having nightmares of these three guys putting people in the dirt. I mean, are they? It, yes, it, it was beautiful to watch. A great offensive line play. and But Georgia may have the best front seven in all the college football, Brandon. I think they might be have the deepest front seven. I mean, you start with N'Kobe Dean. Then you can move to Monty Rice. How about Nolan Smith or Aziz Ojolari? 
Or how about even Jordan Davis? These, these are just a few names to watch out for this upcoming weekend. And this group dominated, massacred, it, uh, brutalized an Auburn offensive line that does not want to see anybody wearing red or black anymore th- their entire life. Right. It was ridiculous. They terrorized Bo Nix. They made him look like a child out there. And, well, he kind of does. Right? That's anyway. true. That's true. That's true. They turned Bo Nix into Bo Picks. That's how powerful this front seven is. Whoever wins this matchup is most likely going to win the game this weekend. And, you know, Brandon, the Volunteers are much, much improved under Jeremy Pruitt, right? I mean, an eight-game win streak. They got everything going for them going into this matchup. Just to think, just to think we were yelling, fire Jeremy Pruitt one year ago. I know. He turned it around, man. He made us look like liars out here. He made us look Uh, stupid. I know. I'm upset about it. But listen, this UGA team's too deep, Brandon. I think they're a bad matchup for Tennessee. But I do expect the volunteers to keep it close until late. I have Georgia winning 23-14 to over Tennessee. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm still going to stick with my gut uh, on on the first thing where I said that they wouldn't cover the spread. I'm going to go with Georgia 31, Tennessee 21. Like it. I like it. I don't, I don't know if I don't, I don't see Tennessee scoring 20 on this defense, man. This defense might, is real good. This it. defense, Jerry Garantano is really bad in big games, too. <laughs> people, people forget. Yeah. Uh, the game of the week, guys. It's here. I'm so pumped for this matchup, Brandon. I, this game is the game I've been most excited for all season until next week when we have Georgia, Alabama. Um, you know, number seven, Miami finally gets a, they finally get to prove it that the U is back. They travel to Death Valley, the real Death Valley, and face no, number one. No, 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 they don't. Yes, they do. Um, Brandon, this shocked me. Clemson is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite over the number seven team in the country. This game right now is the matchup of the season thus far. It could go a long way in determining the ACC champion and which team may represent the ACC in the playoffs. You know, what is your take on this matchup? This this one's tough for me to pick, Brandon. I think there's so many things we can break down between these two teams. Well, I mean, first and foremost, the thing you said about 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 the 14.5-point spread, I mean, it kind of makes sense to me, but not in the way that you'd think it, it would make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me that this spread is set at 14.5. It makes sense to me that Clemson is 0-3 at the spread while Miami is 3-0 and at the spread. So now Miami's going to be 4-0 and Clemson's going to be 0-4 at the spread uh, following this game. There's no way this is more than a two-touchdown game. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. There's just I, I don't, no way. If, if so, something went terribly wrong, if this game is a blowout. Uh, either way, honestly. I mean, yeah. it, someone has to not show up or like so, so, someone has to not be there for this to be a block. Because I think these two teams, they match up so well. And I think that we're in for an amazing, amazing game. We really are. Um, you know, this Miami defense obviously has had, you know, their fair share of troubles. I mean, they're allowing nearly 400 yards a game. Um, I would say most of those came against Louisville, and, and that's kind of what's, you know, that, that was a high-scoring matchup. I mean, that's kind of what's winning against them right now. You know, their other two wins were pretty convincing. You know, they played against UAB. They beat them by by more than two scores. Uh, they beat 
Florida State. They beat them, I'll also say, by more than two scores uh, because anything is more than two scores, really. Uh, 42 points, more than two scores. So but I'll leave it at that. I won't, I won't rub it into Florida State too much here. Um, I don't know. I really just want to see what this Clemson team's made of because they haven't had like a real good matchup so far this year. They played Virginia, you know, who wasn't expected to be good. And, and this game was really a lot closer than a lot of people thought it would be. And they beat them by uh, by less than 20 points. Um, that's not what you should be beating Virginia by if you're Clemson, if you're this team that has a dynasty, um, this team that has an offensive and a defensive guru coaching you. Uh, and, and you're supposedly led by the greatest quarterback, and he is the greatest quarterback, but he needs to show us why we're calling him the greatest quarterback, quarterback in the history of college football to this point. Um, Travis Etienne, Zach might be your goat. I know you sent me that a couple of like a couple of days ago, uh, because Don Munson, our good friend, uh, friend of the program, went on went took to Twitter to to show us uh, stats and analytics. Who needs those? Travis Etienne's good. I don't know if he's the greatest to ever play, play the running back position in college football. Stats later, you're good, bro. You ain't got to defend it. I'm gonna defend our boy. Okay, I'll let, I'll let you do that. All I'm saying is that um, is, is that Cameron Harris is, has looked better so far this year. Um, is that fair to say? Uh, no, but we'll, we'll get into it. No, it's all good. how is it not fair to say? He has fewer carries for 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 how many more yards, Zach? Uh, hey, do you want to add receiving yards into that? To we make it an all-purpose back? Okay, that's what I thought. We don't, don't have to do that. We can skip that segment then. That's fine. All I'm saying is this game is going to be a lot closer than 14 points. I think this is going to be a really good game, really fun game to watch. Um, I'm kind of glad the LSU game is moving to 11 a.m. so I can actually fully focus on this matchup. Uh, and and Because otherwise, I mean, if the, if the game was at Tiger Stadium and I was going this weekend, then I probably wouldn't be able to watch this game at all. So, that's, so this is all the He's a bad yep. podcast, so he's yep. picking his own team over the pod. Zach, if Auburn was playing at six thirty, would you be watching this game? <laughs> I'd have that uh, multicast. Actually, no. I'm actually going to buy a second TV this weekend to hang up. We're gonna, I'm gonna have two TVs going so I can watch all the games. But I think uh, Auburn plays at three, so we should be good here. Who even cares? Yeah, I have a spare TV in in the room I'm recording in. I don't know why I haven't set that one up yet. I should probably do that this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's going to be such a fun weekend. It's going to be such a fun weekend. It is. It's a good weekend of college football, guys. I mean, this is the most interesting quarterback matchup we've we've had all season. Brandon, neither quarterback has a turnover this year. Great. Good for them. Yeah, De'Aaron King, Brandon, I think you could say this. I mean, he's been nothing but spectacular, and I think he's even exceeded his ridiculous expectations. I think so, uh, too. You know, if you would have asked me that after week one, I would probably would have said no, but uh, – in his previous two games, I mean, he's really shown out. He's shown us what he's really made of. Yeah, he's thrown for over 700 yards, passing six passing touchdowns, even had a rushing touchdown. He's been accurate, efficient, and he's really the, the – he seems like he's won the team over in only three games. Yeah, it kind of makes and, me wonder why he went to Houston in the first place. Uh, yeah. I, I guess he's from Houston, but man. That's a bad choice. Um, but then on the other side, you got the GOAT. The go-to college football, Trevor Lawrence, um, he finally gets the chance to step back into the national spotlight spotlight again. And he's been going for a while, Brandon. I don't think anyone's watched his games this year. But he's quietly 
completing 73% of his passes for over 840 yards, eight passing touchdowns, and three rushing touchdowns. I mean, people have come to expect that from him, though. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve more or deserve, like, like a better outlook um, from fans. But, I mean, people have come to expect this from Trevor Lawrence. Some people might even say that he's that he's underperforming, which is bananas. Some people said he fell off, and he's playing at his highest level ever right now, and it should be the Hosman favorite. And he's playing two, three levels above any other quarterback in the entire country. Right. And listen, we know Lawrence can perform on the biggest stage, but in this matchup, Brandon, is De'Aaron King going to be ready for these bright lights? Because he has not been on a stage like this. And we've seen Lawrence do it multiple times. Is De'Aaron King going to be able to turn in that same flawless performance we've seen him do against Florida State, Louisville, and UAB against this Clemson defense in Death Valley? I mean, he's got to hope so. I think we're all kind of hoping so because we all want to see a good game. Because if he's off, I don't know. Uh, this game might might. I don't want to say it's going to get ugly, but it's not going to be nearly as close as I assume that we're predicting it's going to be. At least it's uh, as close as I'm, I'm predicting it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, and Brandon, like you said, the running game is another matchup. I mean, two of the best running backs in the country. I think you could put both of these guys in the top five. You got Cameron Harris. Been nothing but explosive and a powerful runner this season for the Hurricanes. I mean, like you said, over 300 yards rushing, five touchdowns. He's averaging over eight yards per carry. He's, t- I think you can credit him with how well King's playing because he's taken so much pressure off of De'Aaron King and this wide receiver unit that needed some time to gel and grow outside of Brevin Jordan. He's helped the Canes possess the ball. He's helped move the chains and not make De'Aaron King do everything by himself. And on the other side, you have one of the most slept-on running backs in the entire country in Travis Etienne. Yes, Brandon, he has less rushing yards. He has 240 rushing yards, but he also has almost 200 yards receiving, three total touchdowns. I got you. But he's been one of the most explosive, dynamic running backs in the country, and he's been that for almost three years now. He's won two ACC Offensive Player of the Year awards. Right. One is a freshman who puts a sophomore. That's outrageous, and he gets overlooked because of who he plays with. Because, I mean, when you play with Trevor Lawrence and under Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, there's a lot of distractions. But if you put Travis Etienne on any other team in the country, I think he gets a lot more shine than what he's getting right now. Yeah, and so, you know, building off this, Brandon, you know, he's overlooked so much. But, uh, you know, we had him on the show Clemson play-by-play, Don Munson, you know, he posted stats which compared Travis Etienne to Bo Jackson, Barry Sanders, Reggie Bush, and Herschel Walker. And in case you don't remember, me and Brandon picked Herschel Walker as the greatest player of all time, and you guys voted Bo Jackson the greatest player of all time. And right now, Travis Etienne has already rushed for more yards than Bo Jackson, Barry Sanders, and Reggie Bush in his career, and he still has a whole season left. He's on pace to pass Herschel Walker, and he has almost 400 less carries than Herschel Walker did, Brandon. Wild. I mean, first of all, I'd like to say that I'm still disappointed in you guys for, for choosing uh, for, for choosing Bo Jackson. No. War down. Nah. 
I mean, I picked, I picked against Bo Jackson. I get it. But Brandon, that's not even the craziest stat. The craziest stat is he's averaging seven and a, seven point seven yards per touch and already has over 58 career touchdowns, which is more than all of those running backs. That's crazy. Already. And, you know, I'm not saying he's better than any of them guys. I'm just saying the stats say he's better than all of those guys. So I think y'all should start putting some respect on Mr. Travis Etienne's name and start understanding that right now he's probably the best running back in the country. And I think he probably – And I think he should be the first running back taken in the NFL draft because I think he is a better version of Alvin Kamara, and I, I truly believe that. I, th- I think he's more dynamic catching the ball in the backfield than Kamara was. I think he's a way more explosive running, but pure running back than Kamara was. And so, Brandon, mm-hmm. if you can, if right now you could have a more explosive Alvin Kamara, you would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. If I if I had someone who could, you know, he was clocked at at what nineteen miles an hour uh, this yeah. past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would take. Yes, I would, I would absolutely take more explosive than that if it was possible. Yes. Oh, man. But listen, I had a lot of trouble picking this game, Brandon. I really did. But I'm going to put my trust in Brent Venables to have a scheme to give Miami some problems. I'm always going to trust Trevor Lawrence over the opposing quarterback, especially De'Aaron King, who hasn't been on this stage. Trevor Lawrence delivers in high stakes game, high stakes games like this. I have Clemson, Brandon, 38-30. With the win this weekend in the biggest game of the season thus far, like I said, man, I, th- I think it's super. I, I, I think it's not super close. I think it's closer uh, than fourteen and a half points, like the spread has it at right now. So I'm going to go with Clemson. Shoot, you keep you keep picking really good scores, Zach. I'm going to go with Clemson, forty-one, uh, Miami, thirty-one. I like it. I like it. But guys, it is that time. It's Brandon's segment. It's y'all's favorite segment. It's not really. It, I guess it's my favorite segment. It's all right. I just Fine. like putting Brandon. I just like putting Brandon on the spot on these games. And I, I like that. I just get to, you know, see if I can just come up with the most outrageous questions to make him sweat a little bit. But in case you don't know, it's a fan favorite. It's Brandon's gambling corner. It was one of our, what is probably what our second or third segment that we ever had on the blue bloods. We're bringing a twist to it this year. Instead of Brandon just listing off his boring picks, we're going to throw him some gambling questions. Um, About this upcoming weekend, he's going to tell you where to place your money so you can bring home some dough this weekend. So let's kick it off with some Super Dogs, Brandon. We have SEC Super Dogs here. Which are you putting money on to cover the spread here or you know keep keep it close enough where the spread doesn't hit we have missouri brandon a 14 and a half point underdog against your team lsu we have vandy 12 and a half point underdogs to south carolina and arkansas 14 and a half point underdogs to auburn which super dog are you putting your money on i'm gonna have to go with vanderbilt um in, in this one i i honestly i don't i don't really know uh, if they can lose by more than two scores for the for the third week, in, I'm sorry, for the second week in a row, I forgot. I forgot that Texas A&M can't beat them by more than a touchdown. Um, and so that's you know I, I'm gonna base I mean everything that I'm going with on this pick off of that Texas A&M game. I know that Vandy has it in them uh, to keep the game at least remotely close. Um, and so 
I, I honestly think that's the best chance to win to win your money here. Uh, Missouri, not a good football team. They kind of snitched on themselves and gave up a little while ago. Uh, <laughs> and Auburn, I think, is going to rebound from a tough loss against Georgia. Who, who do you have more faith in to cover, LSU or Auburn? Uh, to cover the spread, I've got yeah. – what, what's the LSU both spread both, again? They're, they're both 14 and a half. Uh, LSU, just because they're playing Missouri. Uh, I think that Missouri is a bad football team. I think they're worse than Vanderbilt. Yeah. I, I, okay, guys. So they're sure SEC super dogs. And I guess if you're going to put money, LSU, all your money on LSU this weekend. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> you say you are lying. But which, which of these next favorites are, are, are you most confident in covering their spread, Brandon? You have Notre Dame, a 20-and-a-half-point favorite over Florida State. Iowa State is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite over Texas Tech. Or TCU, 9-and-a-half-point favorite over Kansas State. Uh, Notre Dame, Florida State's bad at football. I'm, I am Dang, so the confident. highest spread. So I like confident. it. So confident in that. Florida State might not have a football team after this year. It might get revoked. Oh, man. Does, does Norvell still have COVID? Because if he does, then they're going to double spread. Ah, wow. Okay. So, Brandon, I have to ask, is Kansas State a secret money line bet for you, like a sneaky one? Because TCU, yes, they did beat Texas, but Kansas State's also looked really good. Do you think Kansas State could pull the upset in this one? That depends, that depends Zach. How, how big is the reward here? What's the What's the money line on this game? Oh, that's that's a good question. I didn't I didn't have wow, that information wow, in front wow, of me. Wow, wow, wow. You caught me off guard there. Way to go. Hang what, on. The spread again? Hang on. I'll give it a good guess. Uh, if you give me the spread. A nine and a half. Nine and a half TCU. I'd say they're probably like plus two seventy. Let me let me let me check though. I'm I got it. Up. I got it. I've already got FanDuel up for you guys. Yes, I, I, can we be sponsored by FanDuel? I don't know. I hope so. Um, uh, hey, if if it, you know someone at FanDuel that wants to sponsor us, hit us up. The money line is plus two seventy, Brandon. That is what I said. Oh my god. Okay, I've got games. Look at money. you. That's good. I, that's you want really to guess the, you want to guess the over under two while you're at it. <laughs> Uh yeah, let's 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 do it. I'm gonna go the over under is probably seventy one and a half. No, fifty and a half. Really? Wow, get bet the over no, first of all. Yeah, no second of all in either offense. First of all, bet the over. Second of all, uh yeah, it's worth it. You almost win three times your money if you bet if you bet on Kansas State here. Uh I don't I don't know what your guys' budget is. But I put two units on it. You know, if, if one unit is what you normally bet on a game, go ahead and drop two units on that money line. There you go. All right, Brandon. You got to pick a money line out of these next three games to, you know, from these close underdog games. They're technically underdogs, but the spreads are really small. I have to choose a money we, line? Yeah, you have to choose a money line. So you have to pick this team to win outright. Yeah, um, odds, or are you just going to, you're coming at me blind with odds here? No, I, I don't have the spread. I just have what the money line is. That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah, I got the money line. We got okay. it. All right, Georgia Tech is plus 172, and they face Louisville this weekend at home in Atlanta. We have North Carolina State plus 250 against Virginia, and we have Syracuse plus 114 over Duke. North Carolina State. Oh, Syracuse. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
North Carolina State. You know, we, we saw them go out and beat Pitt last weekend. I think Pitt's better than Virginia. I think Virginia's really not good at football this year. Uh, that's the most bang for your buck as well. Uh, close second to me would be that Syracuse game because Duke also not good at football. Um, oh, and I, I, th- I think that Syracuse, that Syracuse offense could, could go all day <laughs> and, 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 and whoop up on Duke. Ah, man. I, I got gotcha. you. Hey, I like it. All right, Brandon, some over-under spreads for you. You got to make your call on these. We got Clemson, Miami, 63 and a half. Over. Over. Okay. Mississippi State, Kentucky, 58 and a half. Ooh, Mississippi State, Kentucky. Ah, 58 and a half. That's so many points. I'd go under. All right. Alabama, Ole Miss, 70 and a half. See, the thing is, Alabama's going to score 50. So <laughs> Probably. So, they might score 70. <laughs> Ole, Ole, Miss would, Ole Miss would have to score three touchdowns on this Alabama defense. I'm going with under. Under. Oh, that's tough. Um, Texas, Oklahoma, Brandon, 72 and a half. Over. You could have said, said 90, and I would have said over. Dang. Well, those are those are our big over-unders. And, Brandon, your prop bet of the week. Always going to have yes. one. Which quarterback are you putting your money on to throw their first interception of the season? De'Aaron King or Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence. De- I already called it. I called it last week. What? I said, I said Trevor Lawrence is going to throw his first interception against Miami. I can't back down from that deck. Or, or you can also put your money on both. Do you think they're both going to throw an interception oh, this oh, weekend? That's, yeah, if I can say both, then yeah, both. Dang. So Derek King has not thrown an interception since his last game at Houston. And Trevor Lawrence has played 314 consecutive downs now without an interception. Brandon, I gave you a bet last week that 400 was the, was, was the line I said. If he can get through these next two weeks without an interception, he's covering that spread. Yeah, he will. But I also bet against him on that one. I said that he would throw an interception this week. I I will not back down, Zach. You will not trick my dumb gambling brain into thinking otherwise. So, uh, yeah, he's gonna, they're both going to throw interceptions, but especially Trevor uh, Lawrence. All right. And last game, we I'm always I'm always coming back to Brandon with some personal games. I want to see if he goes oh, with really? his heart or mind. Are you confident enough taking Southern Miss, a two-and-a-half-point underdog, for a plus-114 money line? No, sir. I am not. Tell, tell the good people who they're playing, by the way. Florida I Atlantic. I looked at this one earlier, and I, I was I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about doing this for because I, th- I think days ahead for Saturday morning when I, when we put our our gambling picks, I'm doing it for you guys. Yeah, I'm seven and two. That's pretty good. People are talking about it everywhere. You know, whatever. I'm seven and two at the spread. Cool. Um, I'm I you know if I if I had to put my money on this one, I'd say that that Southern Miss will not win this game. They won't cover the spread. It's a two and a half point spread. Who covers that anyway? Uh, but especially not Southern Miss against Florida Atlantic, a pretty decent Florida Atlantic team at that. Do you think the over over under fifty seven and a half for this game? Uh, probably over, just because Florida Atlantic might score fifty. Southern Miss's defense <laughs> bad. <laughs> hey, there you go. So, guys, make sure to go put your money on all the Brandon's picks. Um, I, I will tweet out his address and phone number th- Don't later. Do this- it. No, Later no, no. this week, just in case you lose a lot of money, you know who to call if you need some money. But, guys, that is a wrap on this episode. I'm the wrong person a- to call if you want money, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> oh, God, man. But, listen, uh, you guys are awesome, man. We appreciate you all supporting the podcast. A wild week six coming up. We're coming out. A new episode 
Monday, recapping just this outstanding weekend of college football we got that coming. Is, that is Monday, barring hurricane, because yes, I, yes, I might Brandon, die. everyone keep uh, send a shout out to Brandon to uh, get through another hurricane down there in Louisiana. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, if games get canceled, we will like definitely update you guys. But we're hoping everything goes smoothly. Everyone stays safe. But you can find the podcast everywhere, guys, wherever you listen. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, YouTube, all that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Blue Bloods CFB Podcast. Um, check out our website, thebluebloodspod.com. You can find all the links to the episodes up there. Um, Man, social media, Instagram at the underscore blue bloods, Twitter at the underscore underscore blue bloods, uh, Facebook at the blue bloods pod. Check out the worst tape network, the worst tape network.net. Uh, we are part of this awesome podcast network. So check if you want some other podcasts to listen to, go check out those podcasts. Uh, but guys, we appreciate y'all rate, like, subscribe, wherever you listen to the podcast. Y'all are the best. But for right now, we are out. <laughs>